Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1117. This week on Cars Yeah, we're celebrating the Ironstone Concours that takes place on Saturday, September 22nd at the spectacular Ironstone Vineyards in Murphy, California. To learn more, visit ironstoneconcours.org and I'll see you there. And he had this business of inner circle, the inner circle of life, which is your family, your blood relatives, and your close friends. If you can't be true to that inner circle, you can't be true to anything. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Bob Devlin. Hey, Bob, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I sure am. All right. Bob Devlin is a fourth-generation Californian, having grown up in his family's native Sacramento prior to moving to Pebble Beach at the age of 14, where he enjoyed the second running, I said the second running, of the Pebble Beach races and Concorde Elegance. Bob started competing in sports cars and Formula Junior race cars in 1957 and took to Concord judging some 40 years ago. He just completed his 32nd year at Pebble Beach as the class, chief of class, and now honorary judge. He has authored and co-authored more than 135 articles for various automotive travel magazines and event-related programs. Bob authored two books, Pebble Beach, A Matter of Style in 1980 and Pebble Beach, The Art of the Poster in 2003, which I have a copy of that publication. He has begun his third year of teaching at the Academy of Art University, The History of Automotive Design. Bob is also an Ironstone Concord Elegance board member. So, Bob, I've told our listeners just a little bit about an amazing life you've had around cars. Would you take a brief moment and share a little more about your career and an incredible passion for automobiles? You know, I, they've been an important part of my life from a very early age. I was a young boy at 13, 14. I worked for Ellsworth Herald Ford in Sacramento in the summers, uh, where I uh, had a bunch of different things, basically a, a grunt drive uh, person, a, a assistant mechanic, parts department, the whole thing, and bought my first Model A Ford 1931 Coupe the money side saved from working there. Wow. I think I paid fifty dollars for the Model A. <laughs> wow! Going back when, going to uh, going forward, fast forwarding after college years and the likes, I uh, I entered the financial community in San Francisco. In forty six years, I retired uh, some uh, ten years ago. I'm now eighty one, and uh, I enjoyed the whole thing. I was at Wells Fargo Bank, and later I was an investment counselor and president of a firm. And now I'm doing automotive appraisals. And as you mentioned, I'm teaching at the Academy of Art University in San Francisco. I'm doing this to mentor another generation into our car hobby. Wonderful young people. Teaching there to me is a challenge. I've had 120 students go through. I'm starting next Monday on the 10th. I'll have 22 students in my class. Wow. They range between 18 and 20, 22 years of age. So I'm having to reach down two generations in my effort to educate them. A lot of people from the Far East, Asia, mm-hmm. uh, be Japan, South Korea, and China primarily, some from India, from all over Europe and the Middle East and Central and South America as well. Wow. I have a second language, a little Spanish, a little French, and so I'm able to get along with them in a lot of different languages. My I teach in English, and 
they're required to have English four or the equivalent. That means two full years of English uh, education. But I find it a great challenge. The biggest challenge is reaching down two generations and communicating with them. First thing I ask them in class, how many of you uh, raise your hands if Ted in a history class? Hands go up. I said, how many of you stayed awake? (laughs) (laughs) I said, you're going to stay awake in this class because you can all get an A, but you have to pay attention. This is a right brain class, not a left brain class. You're here to be artists, design cars. I'm going to be teaching you about people, places, and dates. And that may seem a little boring to you until you put it all together at the end. So off we go. We do four uh, field trips, two to the collection. We have 240 cars in the collection of Academy of Art, largely a classic era, but some uh, more more modern cars, including the milestone after World War II. And uh, my second module is going down to the candy store because we have brass era cars down there uh, for the turn of the century automobile through the uh, time we got occupied in World War One, where the brass had to go into shell casings. They no longer put br- brass on automobiles. You probably know that. Yeah, yeah, wow. You know, you're a great example of one of those people that has a passion and has just kept it alive. When most people would be sitting back in a rocking chair, there's no stopping Bob. I mean, you're just go, 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 staying involved. And I, I know that is the key to a successful, long, and fulfilling, happy life. And the fact, Bob, that you are giving back in the way of teaching and being a Concord judge and being active in the automotive hobby of, of cars and old cars is a really testament to uh, discovering the secret sauce to life, don't you think? Yeah, I think that's correct. I uh, I realize that you got to continue to grow, even though you're my age. If you sit back and, and decay, you don't. I enjoy reading, and so I'm trying to get my students to read. Mm-hmm. They're not of the reading type, you know. They don't read books. They you know, Everything is uh, on the Internet and the like. So I have two rules in my classroom. One, no cell phones and no texting in the classroom. Why? Oh, someone said that'd be insulting to you. I said, well, how about to your fellow students? Yeah. <laughs> you have to take a call. You step outside. I never use the phone inside. The second thing is there's no such thing as a bad question. Raise your hand. I'll give you extra credit if you approach a good subject and you ask a good question. I always will. So that's participation. Yeah, absolutely. Teaching some valuable life lessons to young people. Well, as we continue on your journey, Bob, I always like to start by asking my guests, I should say, for a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Bob, take the wheel. That's good. I like that. Well, I'll tell you, I had a terrific value handed to me by my father, Arthur Coughlin Devlin. Uh, he was a lawyer. The law firm was founded in Sacramento in 1855. It was the second oldest law firm west of the Mississippi River. Wow. And he had this business of inner circle, the inner circle of life, which is your family, your blood relatives, and your close friends. And I followed that right to the heart. If you can't be true to that inner circle, you can't be true to anything, let alone take on a wife and have your own children, which I have I have two of my own family, a daughter and a son. And uh, I was I was married happily for 27 years, lost my wife to uh, cancer at that time. Mm. And I remarried after 10 years to my first girlfriend from the fifth grade. We went K through 12 together. No way. So oh it, it comes all full circle. But the <laughs> inner circle to me is that the inner circle that my father always drew that line around the family, blood relatives and close friends. Yeah. Wow. Marvelous. And your second wife. Wow. Being a fifth grade 
fellow student. That is quite a story. Wow. Incredible. Well, she was my first girlfriend in the fifth grade. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Finally, yeah. finally came around. Wow. That's an amazing life. Well, I love that whole concept of that inner circle. Your father, obviously a very brilliant man, smart man and wise man. So fantastic. Well, tell you what, let's go back in time and have you share a story that instigated that passion you have for cars, that pivotal moment that you can remember back to when you knew you were going to be a car guy. Well, it's very interesting. I, I, I like them. I like tinkering with them. I like the mechanical side. And that Model A that I started with, the 31 Coupe, which was the second series, 3031, had a little different scuttle around it, part where the gas tank is in front of the windshield. Mm-hmm. I had a 29 Roadster pickup, which was my favorite of the two, which was the first series, the 2829. Very simple cars, and uh, I like four-cylinder cars. Of course, I when I when I got into uh, the car world, I got into a man who was besides my father was a great inspiration for me, Alton Walker, who was the founder of the Pebble Beach Concorde. And Alton Walker was the uh, owner of the Gilmonte Aviation, where I learned to fly. I learned to pilot when I was 17. I flew solo then, out of the same place that he owned. And when Alton Walker was restoring cars, he restored a lot of automobiles. And I used to be the grunt underneath the car uh, on, a, on a creeper. Uh, working from b- below as he gave me instructions from above because he was much older. Then I think owning a car, which is a Corvette RPO, re- requested purchase order, the 684 series, a 58. Uh, that car was a great automobile to race. I raced that car after I raced a Jaguar. And then I went back to four-cylinder cars. Uh, first of all, Stangolini Formula Junior, a Fiat-powered car, and then a Lotus uh, 18, a Lotus 20 with the 105E uh, Cosworth Ford. Great little cars. I like the four-cylinder cars a lot. So uh, they're very simple, and they're very powerful. They vibrate a lot because there's two up and two down. You know how it is. Yeah. And uh, it's, a, uh, it's a very nice nice feeling to drive a car. And with the juniors, you were part of the car. It was like riding a horse. Yeah. You had to be part of the same element, which led me uh, also horses into breeding dogs and Labradors and now uh, German short hair pointers, and I hunt over them. Wow. Great stuff. Yeah, what a life. Well, you and I share something, Bob. My first race car, I raced vintage cars for quite a while, was a Lotus 18. So I know exactly know exactly what you mean. Yeah, you really wear that car. It's a right. marvelous yeah. car to start in. And then I jumped into a Lola T290 sports racer, much faster car, still a four-cylinder car with that beautiful two-liter DFE. But uh, ah, I love love the 18. It was fantastic. Well, Lola, Lola was a very well-built car. People who've owned both the Lotus and the Lola, both in Formula Juniors and otherwise, like the 23B or your car you had, uh, was a, uh, they prefer the Lola automobile over the Lotus. Yeah. A little better built car and a little more commodious. I'm over six feet tall, so I fit much easier in the, in the 18 than I did the 20. The 20 had the, uh, had the lay down. You could still oh, sit upright yeah. in, a, in an 18, as you recall. Yep. It lay down, and you had a steering wheel that had to come off to get into the car, and then you had a battery between your knees. Yes. <laughs> it wasn't very comfortable. No, not at all. Let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. You've lived such a full life, and no doubt you've been uh, you faced with some challenges, maybe some failures along the way that taught you some really valuable lessons that you could share with others. So tell us one of those experiences, walk us through it, and tell us how that helped you gain even more momentum as you move forward in your life and your career and your business. Well, you know, I, I've had a, I've had a series of health problems. I had polio when I was a young boy, and not severe. Unfortunately for me, it was not severe, but mm-hmm. 
I was in there with people who had just come out of uh, lungs, iron lungs. And, and then when I was about five, I went through a near drowning situation. I was I went to the bottom of a pool with somebody going off a diving board sideways, and I was swimming the corner of a pool mm-hmm. and sent me to the bottom of the pool. So I got pulled out of that. Later in life, I had a, a seizure problem, a brain seizure problem, came from directly from that near drowning. Then I had a rear-ended and got my back broken some years ago, went through 19 rounds of acupuncture. Oh, my God. And by the way, it works. It really works. Wow. So I, what I did with my seizure problem, they gave me a very bad prognosis, and they were wrong. I told them they were wrong. You, I, I don't have a brain tumor, an operable brain tumor. So I went through all that business, and they told me it gave me about a year to live. I was 33. Oh, my. And so I did that, and um and I, I, every year on the anniversary, I called him. I said, I'm still here. <laughs> I did that for five years. So you become, you become sort of a soldier yes. of your own fortune yeah. and say, you can't count me out. Yeah, I'm not ready to go. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you, wow, going through all those different uh, serious situations, what's your big takeaway for people that might be facing a serious health issue? To keep that spirit up and keep that positive attitude going, it's easy for others to say, hey, have a positive attitude, but when you're in the thick of it. I I think the positive attitude is it. Accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative. That's the song lyrics. Mm -hmm. It goes well. I love music. I love dance. And uh, music is a very important part of my life. It got me through it. I played 12 years of of, uh, classical music on piano and then also six years of classical guitar. So music's been a big part of my life. I love it. Now at 81, I'm learning to lyrics to songs that I've always liked. And uh, (laughs) I don't have the voice to sing it, although I played a fully chromatic instruments, both the guitar and the the piano, which are supposed to lead you to be able to not to be tone deaf. (laughs) I'm a little better than tone deaf. (laughs) Well, I would think so. Well, there's something else you and I share. I I learned to play classical guitar when I was quite young and, and played for a long, long time, even taught guitar. But I learned from a classic master to where you had to learn your scales and learn how to read and write oh, music. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And at the time, it was horribly painful as a young man. I just wanted to learn how to play a Beatles song. But uh, I know why yeah. he was doing it that way, because it really helped me be yeah. a better musician. Well, I played a Gibson, a Gibson uh, non-electric guitar. Yep. And I, uh, I, was, uh, I really loved the Bossa Nova beat. And uh, Lorinda Amadia, if you remember that name. Yes, I do. Lorinda Amadia yes. was my my uh, model, and I played, listened to his music, the first records he turned out, and yeah. I tried to Im- emulate him. Nice. Very, very nice. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. I, now that I'm getting to know you a little better, Bob, you're like a renaissance man. I mean, you've done a little bit of everything, music and flying and racing and teaching and finance. Oh my gosh, you've had your fingers in everything. But is there one of your career aha moments that really stands out that you could share with us? Yeah, I think I think for me in my life, being married to a wonderful woman who was married to for 27 years, I think at age 26, becoming a father mm-hmm. for the first time was probably the most important thing that ever happened to me. It snapped me to it. I was a bit of a playboy before, you know, racing cars and doing this and doing that. And uh, I think that was a big time for me, uh, becoming a father at age 26. And then my my son was born at age 29. So I had two children before I turned 30. Most young people don't even get married till they're in their 30s now. Right. That was an important part for me. I've been lucky twice with both my marriages. 
Yeah, very much so. Well, my daughter was born when I was 28, and uh, boy, you're right. Uh, having that little child in your hands and realizing how special that is and the importance of the projects and jobs you have ahead of you to raise that child. And I just got to visit her. She's about to turn 30, which she's very upset about. It's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm going to be that old. But oh my gosh, I still remember holding her and washing her hair that first moment she was born and getting to be the first one to, to put her in my arms. And oh my gosh, makes your it heart. It does something to you, doesn't it? <laughs> it, it to this day, yeah. it does. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's cr- really it's very special. Stuff. And of course, my son, like you, I have a daughter and a son, so uh, yeah, getting one of each is a, a real blessing for sure. Well, let's have a little bit of fun because you've had a lot of cars in your life. You've been around for a while, and no doubt a lot of these cars are very special, but I want you to go back to the first one that was really special for you and tell us why. Oh, I think the Corvette RPO, the 58 Corvette RPO was a special thing. Uh, I had sports cars. This is a 4.7 liter with a Rochester fuel injection. Ooh. The uh, quick steering on the car, the ceramic brakes, uh, it came with just the hard top, no soft top, because they were trying to keep the weight down. And I raced that probably in two years, maybe 15, 16 times between SCCA racing in North, Northern California, that's Sports Car Club of America, and the Cal, Cal Club down in South, and at venues like Santa Barbara. Their season started at Santa Barbara there for Cal Club, and our season started at Stockton Field just south of Sacramento in uh, March also. And it ended, uh, we were, I went to the novice program and I finished my novice program at, in, uh, at Tracy with the RPO Corvette. And I think they ran the, uh, these races were when you were a novice, you had to be at a, at a airport circuit. So if you got in trouble, you had a lot of room to yeah. spin off. <laughs> it's not like Pebble Beach or Golden Gate Park. That car was a, a very special car for me. I was way over my head, frankly. And uh, I was in that Playboy, as I mentioned to you before. I thought I could do anything, and it was powerful, and I was lucky I I escaped without any incidents. (laughs) But I think later, it's the um, Porsches I've owned, the 356s. I've had four of them. I have one right now, a 59 Cabriolet, the last of the A's. And I have a 911 Porsche Speedster, an 89 Porsche Speedster, which are fabulous cars to drive. If there was one car, however... That it was a road car and not something I thought about racing. It was the Ferrari uh, 250 GTL Lusso. I had a black Lusso coupe. Oh, that was a great automobile, and I drove it around San Francisco. The big problem with that car was that little 11 inch clutch they have on it. And you don't, and San Francisco has a lot of hills. You don't yep. want to get stopped halfway a hill because you'll burn your clutch out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well, is that the car that you? You sold that you let go that you really wish you had back in your That's garage? That's the car I wish I had back. You yeah. bet you. <laughs> yeah, you know, and even taking the money aside uh, from the values of those cars nowadays, the Lusso is such an elegant, wonderful sports car. It sure is. It just you kinda... know, I talked to Ed Gilbertson. That was Ed Gilbertson's first Ferrari, a Lusso also. You know, that's right. And I saw Ed when I was down at Pebble a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we were talking about that. I had forgotten that when I had him on the show. Marvelous guy. I mean, another car guy like you that's just been around and done everything, but the Lusso, oh, what a pretty car. Wow. And black. Well, it, has a, it has a little more feminine look to it than some of the cars that preceded it. I would say that of a car I didn't own, it would be the short wheelbase Berlinetta. Oh, yes. The car that preceded it. Oh. <laughs> to me, I, I love the back ends of cars. Yeah. I said in my class, you know, I say, you know, a car comes at you and goes by you and leaves you. If the last impression isn't good, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> so that Lusso, that Lusso has a nice back end. It's got the cam back end. 
and the short wheelbase has more of a rounded backhand. It's just a fabulous car. Oh, absolutely. Well, and that Speedster, that Porsche Speedster, my, my listeners know I'm a big Porsche fan. That has a beautiful rear end. I've got an 87 Turbo that has a pretty nice looking yeah. rear end as well. So You have the same series I have. You have a that's a 3.2 liter, isn't it? Uh, well, the, the, the 87, let's see, if yours is an 89, mine is the version before it. So the 87, which went up through 89, is the uh-huh. older style before they went into the 964 series, I believe. Am I, am yeah. I quoting yeah. the right numbers? Mine, yeah. mine, mine's, mine's an 89, 3.2 oh. liter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a little bigger motor. I've got a 3.0. But uh, still, the back of those cars with the nice big fenders, it just has a good uh-huh. good shoulders, I say, or good well, it hips. Has, it has the, 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 the turbo look to it. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful, wonderful car. Well, I would love for you to share a little bit with our listeners today about the Ironstone Concord. Now, I'm going to be at this event. It'll be the first time that I've been there. I've been asked to be a little keynote speaker, and I'm going to get to participate in the tour, I understand, thanks to my good friend, our mutual friend, Wayne Craig, who connected us here. Uh, But tell us a little bit about the Ironstone Concord for those people fortunate enough to attend. Well, it's a unique Concord. I had Gilbertson join me for two years up there. He was just wowed by it. You know, because he, he sees cars and judges cars all over the world. And uh, it's a show that's run very nicely. Chris Bach is the chief judge at Pebble Beach. He's the head of the selection committee there of all the cars come. They bring cars from all over, uh, mainly in California. It's not an international concourse. But they have a very nice feeling about it. It's the setting. It's the locale. It's the tempo. It's being set. A thing that really turns me on. This is very frank with you. Today, you can get sort of mixed feelings about the next generations coming along. along. Mm-hmm. I have my attachment to that through the teaching of the Academy of Art. But when you see those young people, the 4-Hers and the future farmers of America, the young children, mm-hmm. they're, you know, 10 years of age to 18 years of age, right through the high school years, junior high school years. They It renews your your faith that this generation is going to carry on and do a great job. They are outstanding young people. And I come away from that every year saying, boy, that's what keeps me glued into that Academy of Art. And, of course, the Kouses, uh, you know, John and, and his wife are just the best people ever. Mm-hmm. She uh, she runs a very good meeting. She's the chairman of our committee. And uh, it couldn't be a nicer person. And we're very fond of her. Very nice. Very nice. Well, I am so excited to attend this year. I think it's going to be absolutely fantastic. And as I mentioned, Wayne Craig, who put us together, a past guest. And of course, Chris Bach is a past guest here on Cars Yeah because of his involvement with Pebble Beach. Uh, They've got me in some very cool cars. The first car to win at Indy I'm going to be in on that tour. And then I'm going to get to ride along in an Oscar on the way home after the lunch, out on the boat. Well, we uh, discussed that at our meeting just yeah. uh, on uh, Tuesday. All week. right. All right. Well, we, I we am, know where you're going. <laughs> I am so excited. I cannot I cannot wait. This is going to be so cool. So I would encourage our listeners to check out the ironstoneconcord.org. If you've not attended this event, it's kind of southeast. Yeah, southeast of Sacramento in the beautiful foothills at the Ironstone Winery. Uh what a setting. What That's an called event. Murphy's. Murphy's is on the way to Yosemite. It's a very attractive area. Yeah, I, I just can't wait to go. It's going to be fantastic. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Bob. If you were a car, if you were manifested into a vehicle, what would you be and why? Well, you know, um, I think the complexity and greatness of the V12 engine and the Ferraris is a wonderful engine. Mm-hmm. I go back to the four cylinders. I'm sort of tied between a, a Ferrari 
12 and a four-cylinder powered Formula Junior. They were just a great vehicle. So I could be either one. And that's the, the, the uh, I think that the uh, ver- variety is the spice of life, as they said. And uh, I, I agree with that. It'd be tough to just pick one. You know, one, you, one thing you, we talked about Ed Gilbertson earlier and a person who said something to me one day. We were all in meetings and he realized that all these trailer queens were being brought out and emptied out of trailers, shipped in from nowhere, and they weren't being driven. And Ed came up with the mantra, Ferraris are meant to be driven. Yes. Drive your cars. And that's why we have all these Concorde now having tours. And you get extra credit for finishing that. If it's a tie between you and another car, the car that passes on the tour gets the eye, gets the gets forwarded to the, to the place. And I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. You know, we talked a little bit about life, life's challenges earlier. Mm-hmm. I was once a person that weighed 238 pounds. 154 pounds heavier than I am. Wow. I lost 84 pounds in one year. Went from a 39-inch waist to a 33-inch waist, six inches off. I've kept that weight off now since I was that much much younger person. Wow. Well, what was your secret? Well, I just uh, I cut back my appetite. I, I I used to like to have drink scotch. I gave up that. I drink wine now only with a meal and uh, exercise. I was playing tournament-level squash, and mm-hmm. you help to perspire it out, out of you. There you go. Well, my wife tells me that. I could lose a few pounds. She always says, Mark, just move more, eat less. It's really simple. <laughs> then there's another guy, uh, Jeffrey Page. You ever heard that name? Jeffrey, Jeffrey Page. Page. Was a, uh, Jeffrey Page flew in the Battle of Britain in a Hawker hurricane. Okay. He was shot down, and he had uh, burn backs to the scuttle tank in front of him. Burnt back, and he covered his face with his hands. And he's the one that uh, wrote the book, The Tale of the Guinea Pig. He was a guinea pig on the first skin grafts. Oh, my gosh. And he went through skin grafts, taking the skin off the inner part of his leg and placed on his face and his hands. He went through 15 skin grafts. The man was told, you'll never fly again, let alone in combat. You know what he did? He said to the doctors, the hell I won't. I will down a Axis plane for every skin graft I had. He did it. He Um. came back and did it. So that's the kind of constitution you got to have in life. Answering your question earlier, what do you, what advice do you give to people who are down and out or have, been, have had bad turns in their life? Mm-hmm. You got to remember the Jeffrey Pages of this world. Yes. They've been through holy hell. Absolutely. Wow. What an inspiration. Well, Bob, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Everyone who knows me knows I'm really picky when it comes to my cars and keeping them looking new. I'm a huge fan of Covercraft floor mats. I've protected my vehicle with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft floor mats. They will protect your vehicle's factory carpets from daily abuse, weather, pets, children, weekend adventures, and those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and stylish way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft floor mats come in a wide variety of styles, materials, and configurations, all designed for maximum protection. In addition to Premier Plush and Berber Custom Floor Mats, you'll also find cargo liners, canine cargo area liners, dash covers, and sunscreens. Enhance your vehicle's looks while protecting the factory finishes with easy-to-install and easy-to-clean floor mats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Market Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. 
My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Okay, Bob, we are back and we're entering the last lap. This is a place you've been many times. The white flag's out. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Well, I think that Ed Gilbertson comment, Ferraris are meant to be driven. Yeah. It's a great comment. Drive your cars. Don't have the cars sitting around. Don't own a bunch of cars that you don't drive. Sell them off or don't buy them in the first place if you don't have the time to do it. You can't get too old to not enjoy the cars on the road. It doesn't mean you have to fly like a, a demon like I used to do on a racetrack. Yeah. By the way, that's the only place you should be driving fast. Yes, <laughs> really absolutely. Really fast absolutely. on a racetrack. Yeah. And that kind of thing. That's the advice. Very nice. Well, you'll be proud of me, Bob, because today I took a little break at lunch and I took my 87 Turbo out for a drive. It's a nice day you. today, so I figured it needed a little exercise. I've been gone traveling the last two weeks, so it was a little lonely. And you know what? It drove really nice. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Yeah, my my habit is uh, basically being true to yourself. I mean, that's a motto. I That's a manner that comes from a lot of different thing combinations. Don't lose yourself as you age, as as life hands you bad cards or a uh, situation that isn't attached what you hadn't planned on. Be ready for the changes that come your way. Be true to yourself. Be true to those that you love and around you. Nice That's very say. important. My biggest challenge now is is getting myself up to the level of my students on the internet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are so <laughs> advanced for me. Yep. And uh, I'm trying, thinking about a third book now, doing a third book, and I'm probably – I have my head exam and find a good psychiatrist <laughs> to talk me out of it. <laughs> but I continue to publish articles. You'll see in the, uh, I did one on Oscar for the upcoming uh, program at Ironstone. Nice. And uh, around John Cassetto's car. I've known that car for a long time. Uh, Mike Lynch and I did an article for Road and Track Salon section some years ago on that 1164, which is his chassis number. Excellent. Fantastic. Now, how about a resource? There are so many awesome resources these days. You mentioned the internet. Is there one resource that you might uh, offer as a great suggestion to our listeners? Yeah, I think that you got to listen, learn to listen, and you if you listen and you know plug into other people's thoughts and thought patterns, you can learn something. Mm. What I've done is uh, I have things that have value. I, I would mention to someone that I know you'd like to have that. He says, "Yeah." I love what do you want for? I say, it's not for sale. I'm going to give it to you. Oh, wow. It belongs in in better hands. Someone mm. who will really value it. And that's what you do. And uh, with my articles, I enjoy rereading them. I read, uh, wrote, 
I wrote uh, several articles a year. My, my uh, first wife passed away. And uh, I would go back and read them. And I said, boy, you found yourself in her death and her passing and your loss and your children's loss. You wrote better than you ever written before or after. It, it just brings you to the depths. So when you're down there, don't be out. Decide you're going to resurface from the bottom of the pool. There you go. <laughs> yes. From the bottom of the pool and come back and pull yourself together. And don't ever feel sorry for yourself. Yeah. Nice. Nobody, nobody, nobody has dealt you bad hands or that. You got to take responsibility and be true to yourself. Very nicely said. Well, if I could wave a magic wand, Bob, and uh, allow for you to have a drink with maybe a glass of wine instead of a glass of whiskey with anyone from the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that individual be? I would say there are two people. Alton Walker, I mentioned before, was like a second father to me, who I worked with on restoring a lot of Rolls Royces. He had two Playboy Roadsters, Silver Ghost. He had a uh, several P1s. He had a P2, Henley Roadster. He had a P3, which is a 12-cylinder. He had a 2530. 20, uh, and the, also the uh, London Edinburgh Tour, 1914. I helped him with all those cars. I could have him. I don't know. I can't remember whether he drank or not. <laughs> but Lauren Tryon is the man that I'd like to be with again. He's no longer here. Of course, my father uh, would be another one. But uh, but in the automotive people would be Alton Walker and Lauren Tryon. Great, great man. Yeah. I used to go out with Lauren, and we'd go out to the races, and we select eight to ten cars to bring over to the Pell Beach Concord for display. And we select those cars. Would, you know, Jerry Rosenstock would help us with those, too. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Very nicely done. Well, how about a book? Uh, now, you've written two fantastic books. I have a copy of one of them, the Posters book. But is there a book you might recommend to our listeners that you think they would enjoy? Yeah, I think the uh, books I use all the time, like Jeffrey Page's Tale of Guinea Pig, it's a great one. Being a flyer, I, I like to have people that flew in the, in the view of danger and survived. And he went through holy hell in the skin grass because they never had skin grass before then. Yeah. A Tale of Guinea Pig is a great read and just a great book to base your life on. A man can come back from what he went through. Anybody can come back from whatever they think they've been through. Yeah. It's really something. Wow. Now, I like to come back as a C-type Jaguar maybe too. I have another car I've always liked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're pretty about. nice for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Very yeah, cool. Great. Well, you can find all these resources Bob has shared on his Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Bob Devlin, D-E-V-L-I-N. That page will pop right up. All right, Bob, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a bit of a doozy, but it's kind of fun. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet, but there are a couple rules. One is, it's the only one you can have. Two, you have to drive it. I don't think that's a problem for you. No garage queens here at Cars Yeah. Three, you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. You've got to keep it. So money's no object today, Bob. What can I buy you? Oh, my. <laughs> I think that C-Type Jaguar. <laughs> oh, yeah. Boy, wouldn't that That's be wonderful? I haven't had. I started out racing an MC, uh, 56140MC. Okay. And I've always liked the motor, the six-cylinder twin cam. It's a... Uh, I'd probably put a uh, Synchromash five-speed gearbox in it <laughs> and probably get the the drum brakes off and put good, solid disc on it. Yeah. It's the greatest thing that ever came out of aviation that made and transformed over to cars is a disc brake. Yeah. What a difference. What a difference. Yeah, well, that, I would say a C-type Jaguar updated to the factory specs 
as they raced them in 54. I think you would put a, that would put a big smile on your face and mine to park that car in your garage. <laughs> well, Bob, you've taken me on an incredible ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with our audience here today. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that C-type Jaguar? <laughs> well, I, I, I would say that I probably have to find a place that I could really drive it. I think the coast coast route going down the coast on Highway 1 yep. would be a great place to drive that car in the open air going through. And that's the, the thing, like like Ed Gilbertson, he likes open cars, short wheelbase open cars. That's his thing, and I like it too. Both my Porsches now are open cars. Uh, 911 has the top off it right now, down in the, my uh, Cabriolet. 59 Cabriolet is obviously an oh, uh, open car. Yeah. Oh, I my like goodness. The, I like the fresh air. Yeah, I think so. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything Bob has shared on our show notes page at carsyeah.com. Just type Bob or Bob Devlin in the search bar. Oh, my goodness, Bob. Thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences with our listeners. I'm looking forward to meeting you at the Ironstone Concord. Again, listeners, if you want to learn more, or if you want to attend and join Bob and I at the Ironstone Concord, just go to ironstoneconcord.org and you can learn all about it. Bob, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences with our listeners. What a joy it's been to talk to you. Until you and I meet at the Ironstone Concord, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark Green. You're welcome. You take care of your cars. But who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.